0: Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House.
1: I feel better already just, just visiting with Rachel Winter and decluttering for an hour.
2: Well, I think the thing you have to remember... For myself. I have to talk myself off the ledge because it didn't happen in a day. It's not going to get solved in a day.
1: Listen, Jennifer, as, a whole your, mindset. as your husband for 40 years, there's one thing you got to remember. And only one thing. Don't touch my stuff.
0: <laughs> we actually
2: got an email just now from... Uh... Do not touch my stuff. <laughs> there's a gentleman that emailed in and said that uh, he had made the mistake years ago of seeing some Afghan... Um, blankets on the shelf and donating them because he'd never seen them come out of the closet and then his wife was looking for them sometime later and they were very special to her so oops don't pitch anything that you don't run past the owner first another tip free here at Rosie on the house
1: (laughs) and don't ever call me a hoarder live (laughs) on air again okay okay I'm a very organized collector.
2: Okay. Oh, I like
1: that. I'm not a hoarder.
2: Okay. I, I would agree with that.
1: Okay. We're here at Rose on the House for you, the Arizona homeowner, one 767 4348 Put you in touch with my wife, Sweet Jen, in the call screener booth. She'll get your name, where you're calling from, and what you'd like to visit about. And maybe you've got a project you want to try and tackle in this new year, or... Maybe you've got a project you started last January you'd like to get done while we're still in 2019. So if you need that extra boost of encouragement or trips, tips or tricks of the trade to finish something, give us a ring. one 767 4348 if you're a regular subscriber to Rosie on the House, you received an article on Thursday. The top three home improvement and landscape articles from Rosie on the House in the past year. And it kind of tells us what it is y'all are all looking for. And we may we may do a topic, Romy, uh, Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, but we get together on Wednesdays. And we talk about last Saturday's show. And it's very often there's 1,000 hits here, uh, fifteen to 20,000 subscriptions to the newsletters, uh, how many hits on the website. Uh, and we use those metrics to decide what's the most popular topics you Arizona homeowners like to know about. And without a shadow of a doubt, the one topic, that rose to the very top last year was tankless water heaters. <laughs> I think I think we covered tankless water heaters almost as often as we covered super cooling.
3: <laughs> and some of those interests, when it comes into tankless water heaters, it's it's not always people that are interested in it. It's people that want to
1: try and tell you why you shouldn't. Um, oh, that's true. We get every side, of, <laughs> you know, Romy. That's one thing about being the data collection source that we are. We get every side of the story.
3: And a lot of times there are interesting perspectives. A lot of times you start reading it and you glaze out about two sentences in because you've already decided, oh, they didn't even listen to one thing we said. And they're just here to push an agenda and often don't even finish reading it. (laughs) The team does. The team does.
1: But, you know, on that topic of, of tankless water heaters, one of the things we talk about is you're going to save space. Uh, it takes up a lot less room than a standard tank water heater. You're going to save energy because you're not heating a tank of water and keeping it hot for when you eventually use it. You're only going to heat the water you use. There are distinct advantages to it. You're never going to run out of hot water. uh, But then there are other things you need to know. As far as I know, most the tankless water heater manufacturers insist on a water treatment system to keep
3: the warranty valid. And some of them have actually partnered with specific brands. So if you pick out brand A, tankless water heater, you have brand B water softener but they only partner with brand c you would have to then either replace your water softener brand c with brand A, or add it in addition to the one you have right and then have your tankless water heater on top of that and in arizona where we have a lot of salts uh in our water a lot of mineral deposits you know our water travels a long way to get to us um, you know, it, it picks up a lot along the way, and the cities all treat for, you know, safety, but they don't have a softening standard that they've, uh, you know, if, if the city softened the water for us, your water bill would at least double, probably, if, if which they is, added a which softening is, surface. Which is where it should be anyway.
1: <laughs> they need to double the price of every gallon of water. Oh, oh. I, I they thought you really, were saying the city should soften it. No, they it. really – no, no, I'm saying – Water's too cheap.
3: <laughs> it is it is pretty cheap. It is very cheap. Uh, so you've got that first hurdle going to a tankless. What type of water treatment equipment do we have? And what type do you need to have to get your warranty from the water heater, tankless water heater manufacturer? There's a lot to weigh. And every home
1: is different. The next
3: consideration is what is your power source whether it's gas or electric most homes uh, especially older homes and and even a lot of homes being built today don't have the sufficient power to their water heater station that a tankless water heater needs i think eventually you're going to see that completely go away they're going to pipe everything for tankless on new homes
1: i believe so you're right
3: you know, not, it's not happening yet, but you're going to see that. So you've got to run either a bigger gauge wire or a bigger gauge pipe. That's a lot of additional costs. And depending on how far back you've got to go to your electric panel or, you know, being able to get up to a, a bigger gauge pipe coming into the home, how far back depends on that cost. Now, yeah. the good news about that, that's at least a one-time cost. You should never have to rerun power for your tankless water heater once that's there. But it's a substantial cost. when can you're be. When you're looking at just strictly replacing it with another traditional tank water heater versus upgrading to a tankless.
1: And how about if you're in an old home with a 100-amp service meter? You got to go and, get a new service meter. So, so you dig the trench <laughs> all the way around the side of the house from where you're mounting the tankless water heater. You bury the conduit. You run the circuit. And you think, oh.
3: My panel doesn't even have enough power. We, we, we gotta need a new go back. panel. <laughs> we got to go to the to the alleyway or the front service, but, wherever your power comes into your property, and get a bigger.
1: There's, there's no question tankless water heaters are the way of the future. You never know when to replace your tank water heater until it starts leaking. 80% of them do end up eventually leaking. That's how they get replaced. Tankless water heaters are the wave of the future. sure and to retrofit your home our point our takeaway point is don't jump to the conclusion that this is a two thousand dollar investment or a three thousand dollar investment you need a tankless water heater specialist at your home to do a full analysis of everything that's required it could easily go north of three or four thousand dollars
3: but it's done and to a lot of people To have that endless water supply. Yeah. To be able to take a shower, get clean, and then fill up a hot bath to enjoy and soak in. That three, four grand is easily worth it for them. Five, six, whatever the case may be. A quality of life investment doesn't have a dollar amount to it. And if that's your case, then it might might just be right for you.
1: So tankless water heaters were the number one topic for Rosie on the House in 2019. Closely behind that, was how to make your home less desirable to burglars. And it doesn't necessarily mean uh, starting with expensive security options. And we're going to cover this in the next segment. We tell people all the time, look, if you're walking in the woods with your friend and a bear comes out of hibernation hungry, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your friend. And making your home a less desirable, visible target to criminals can be very easy. We'll talk about some of those points when we get back and be able to talk you through. Security is a big part of it, but sometimes just strategically, the the way these people determine who to hit is they patrol your neighborhood and they're looking for homes uh, that are easy targets. We're gonna give you the tips to not make your home an easy target. One of the other objects that were one of our biggest hits, Romy, and I think it kind of revolved around the tour we've got of Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant this year, is people wanted to know, where does our power come from and all the stories about the coal-fired plant up in St. John's that was threatening to close down, threatening to close down, threatening to close down, and is now closed down. And is that St. John's or on the Navajo...
0: That's the Navajo. Up uh, by by Page. West of St. John's.
1: Uh, But it's closed. Where will will we make up that power? You know
0: what I never realized about? They had their own electric railroad from the mine all Mm -hmm. the way to... so they ran what I think it was like a seventy-mile track, yep. plus seventy miles worth of electric line. So they did, the the railroad didn't pollute. Well, that's right. At least the railroad. The, the, rail, the
1: railroad the <laughs> railroad
0: did well, not.
3: If, well, if it's electric, that generation had to come from somewhere. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> As well, we'll be covering the three landscape topics that were the top of your interest this year. When we get back, we'll go into a little bit more depth on how to protect your home. Although, if you were a subscriber to the weekly newsletter at rosieonthouse.com, you'd already have it in print. Don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows.
0: So we've got Adam Homer in. Do you often change the window product as you go around the house? oftentimes customers wanting to turn a window into a door. If somebody wants to take a an operable window, maybe that they don't ever open, we turn those into picture windows. Would you change glazing options as you go around a house? You know, I guess intuitively it kind of makes sense. I mean, I understand why people think that maybe I'll, I'll do, uh, you, you know, your best sun defense glass on the west and south exposure and maybe do something different uh, and less expensive on the north and east side of the house. I mean, when it's 115 degrees outside, it's 115 degrees outside, whether the sun's on it or not I mean, you're going to put sun defense glass if you're here in the valley uh, throughout your whole home take the time to think through the right door and window tell us two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson find them at rosyonthehouse.com under certified partners
1: Finally, a clear blue sky. I mean, that's clear,
3: and that's blue. Uh, according to Dot's feed... It'd be a, feed, be a Fla- good
1: day to go skiing, I'm just saying.
3: And on A. Dot's, it, it's not quite that clear up in Flagstaff <laughs> right now. It looks pretty foggy still and pretty under snow, but man, below the rim, we finally have some clear sky. It's been strange. I mean, I walked to the truck this morning. I felt like I was a Louisiana morning. It was fog and quiet and i mean just the only thing you could hear was the dew dripping off of everything the trees the eaves of the porch and you you, i mean the visibility you couldn't see the horse stalls walking out this morning that that, finally got some clear sky
1: that that is that is a louisiana winter morning (laughs) for sure
3: we didn't realize how spoiled we were until we had a whole week where it was just too wet to to ride and uh you know the kids were get nancy and roxy like man arizona's worst place to live this is awful I'm like it was just spoiled this is this is four or five days six days <laughs> there's places it's months like this
1: yeah for sure
0: I'll tell you if you're a photographer you want to go up to the grand canyon here within the next 24 amen. hours boy amen that's it's beautiful up there
3: good heads up
1: gary that's for sure these are these are the mornings that make arizona highways <laughs> we're talking about home improvement this hour uh, we're talking through the three, uh, actually the six articles that were the highlight of uh, your interaction with our website, rosieonthouse.com. If there's anything you'd like to visit with, give us a call. Jennifer's call screening at one 767 4348 The second most, uh, the article that generated the second most amount of interest last year was how to make your home a less desirable target to burglars and this has been a presentation we have given to Kiwanis Club and Rotary Clubs and Homeowners Association and uh, neighborhood block watch programs for 10 years. Um, One of the first things you need to realize is that burglars only want to spend 60 seconds or less getting in your house and the great majority of break ins, this surprises a lot of people, occurs right through the front door. It does happen to be one of the easiest points of entry. And it generally happens not in the middle of the night when you're home asleep and all is dark. It generally happens in the middle of the day when the burglar's assuming you're away at work and the house is empty. Most break ins are through the front door. Most break ins. Or in the middle of the day. So what does that tell you about making your home undesirable? Well, the first thing it would tell you is make the front door as hard to break into as possible. And you can do that with tricks in the door jamb itself that takes a little bit of remodeling work. Or you can go with a good security grade exterior secondary screen door and make them have to work their way through two good, very good deadbolts. And that security screen door, if it's a good one, is much harder to get into than your front door. I won't even tell you how easy it is to get in your front door because I would just be scaring you. So let's make the front door less desirable. We're big, big fans of exterior uh, secondary security sh- screen doors the other thing you want to do is make sure all your neighbors can see your front door burglars love the southwest neighborhoods where the home has the front door set back in a little niche covered by a portico share parking cover garage it gives them all the obscurity and and screen work they need to do what they've got to do to get in your front door make sure the front door is as visible as it can be to your neighbors all the way down the street if that means removing a hedge of plants or a secure or a screen wall remove them make your front door visible those two things an additional security front door and making that area as visible as possible will more than likely remove your list from the likely-to-hit list of the burglars that are casing your neighborhood.
2: With porch pirates, I think it's a bigger issue now, too, because when you have a package left right at the front door, that's just an advertisement that you're not home. So work it out with your delivery people. Or you, On Amazon now, you can choose your delivery day. So choose a day you're home, and you can get that stuff off the porch or you can invest in these little mailboxes you put on your porch where the packages are hidden. But when things sit there for a day or two days, just like with your newspapers or your mail, it's just a signal that you're not home.
1: If I owned a delivery company, I would ask you to send me the ring videos of my employees that are dropping things off at your house. We had something dropped off Tuesday night uh, at, to, to a rental property. Uh and it sat there at the front door, and there is a perfect place for these boxes to be put out of view.
2: There's a half wall that just not even an extra step.
1: Not even an extra step would have been required by this delivery person. And I saved my ring video and I'ma call this delivery company and I'ma say, I wanna show you the numbskull you've got delivering in my neighborhood.
2: Well, he's <laughs> he's he's probably part-time and he's probably done now. <laughs>
1: I couldn't believe it. Thank goodness our neighbor called, Jennifer, and said, you've got like printers and office supplies and boxes all packed up by your front door. I was thankful for the ring video and I was thankful I was able to save it. Don't stack packages. Beautiful Saturday morning. Our last hour, we were talking about decluttering and organizing your life, and Rick texts in and says he's just got one thing to say. No, two things to say. Men don't own junk and don't touch my stuff.
2: He was empathizing with you, Rosie. So here, here to Rick.
3: (laughs) Rick who? It just says Rick. So, so there's another Rick from Oral Valley that wrote in. Yes. And said he threw away two Afghans his wife had knitted. Cause he didn't know what an Afghan was and didn't know she knitted them. And after seeing them in the closet for years and years and years, one day cleaning, threw them away. And uh just so happened that later past that his wife was looking for them. And mm-hmm. he says this has been years ago, Better and check. I still haven't made up for it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I bet he
1: hasn't. I bet he hasn't. Hey, we got a, a, a question uh, during the break from Pete, who has a double-plane, uh, double-glaze, six-foot-by-four-foot aluminum window from a home built in the 70s, and the stationary panel— Has the indoor pane of glass broken?
0: Mm.
3: I don't know how the indoor pane... I, I understand how an outside one would break, but an indoor one. And he's probably wanting to know, does he have to replace the whole window? Or can he just replace that stationary glass pane? And you can. You can. It's not always the best option. And it depends on what the frame material is made out of and how structurally sound the rest of it is but yes you, you can replace those and if it's a dual pane they have to seal the inside of um of of the glass because if there's moisture inside of it when we've got days like today where there's a lot of moisture outside the windows will condense on the inside and you you'll constantly look like you're looking through foggy windows because it is fog yeah
1: it. it so is.
3: it's not you you've got to order the right pane and a glass company may not have that in stock and it may take a little while to get it.
1: He mentions the particular window uh, brand. uh, And like I say, it was built by a a merchant home builder here in the Valley in the 70s. And Pete, I can just tell you that the aluminum frame windows, merchant home builders, and I'm not going to name this one because this one in particular was a good home builder. But back in the 70s, Home builders weren't putting money in door, exterior doors and windows. And you can call Rosie certified ABC glass at 602-971-3440. And they can simply replace the glass in your broken window. But, but, but please do yourself a favor before you do that. Call Freelite, uh, call Dunright Window, call Pella, and get a price for the Pella Fiberglass Impervia window, and take a really hard look at just replacing that 1970s aluminum frame window with what I think should be every homeowner's window of default window of choice, the Pella Impervia, and Pete. If you would replace that window with an impervia in just that one room, it would drive you and motivate you to realize just how poor a window you've been living with for the last 50 years. It's going to make the room more comfortable. It's going to make the room much quieter. It's going to be a much more secure window. We were talking home security just a minute ago. This um That window you have is one of the easiest windows on the planet to break into. So, yes, you can replace the glass. But before you do that, call one of our Rosie certified Pella window installers and, and get a quote for the Pella impervia. Uh, you'll thank me for that. You really will. Pete, thanks for calling in, letting us know. Now, you want to finish hitting these Top topics of 2019, we were talking about the three building-related tankless water heaters, how to make your home less desirable for burglars, and where does electricity come from in Arizona. And then we've got the three most popular landscaping topics. Yeah, we thought it was
3: important to break it down. We do cover landscaping in our outdoor living hour, 8 o'clock every Saturday morning. And this is going to be a big one for uh, Arizona based on how much water we're getting. And, uh, you know, you may not see weed growth right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, if you don't, you
3: are very smart
1: pre-emerging three months ago. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and with the colder mornings, you know, existing weeds are, are growing, but, you know, the, the germination isn't, you know, acting near as fast. So there's just thousands of seed Weed seeds laying soaking all over. Soaking it up right now. that are soaking go- it up. This sun comes out. You know, we get another day like this tomorrow. They're going to start sprouting here in, here in the next four or five days. So plants out of control. And I even pulled um, an article. There is a weed that's taking over the carefree area so much that uh, they're trying to get residents to start.
2: It's globe chamomile.
3: And a, that's a nasty one.
2: Yeah, it's got those little tiny yellow flowers, a, and, and it acts like a ground cover.
3: When, it, when I'm pulling weeds at our house, I mean, I can touch anything just fine. As soon as I touch that one, you know, I don't know what it is, but start see, sneezing, your hands turn red. I mean, it's, it's a nasty one.
2: Well, they're really encouraging people to keep on top of their weeds in the yard because they're really expecting a high-fire spring.
3: That's the one downside of what winter's in Arizona is it produces that growth for, for bad fire season. So the plants out of control, that was one of our top ones from this past year. So you can pull that. And we've put one blog together with all of our top blogs. So if you just go to rosieonthehouse.com slash blog, it's the top one. And then you can get direct links to all of those so you don't have to spend
1: any time searching. And then the other thing we try... and coach people on all the time is what not to plant in arizona now there isn't i don't know if there's a plant on the planet you can't make grow if you're willing to invest the time the effort to create the microclimate necessary to nourish this plant along but there are a lot of plants people bring to arizona or want to try in arizona that invariably are much more work than they're worth. And there's people and companies
3: that are trying to find ways to make them work because the demand is there. They see the opportunity for generating a profit. I mean use avocados, for example, most of our fruit trees in Arizona come from grafters, big fruit tree uh, nurseries in California. And they're constantly trying to find one uh, or, or graft the perfect avocado that would produce if planted in Arizona because of the amount of requests for that. It'll be interesting to see. They, they're they trying, but that's that's the top one that you see constantly tried with little success. Generally speaking,
1: the summers are too hot and the winters are too cold for avocados. Now, if, you, if you've got a microclimate where you've got an avocado tree that's happy— just count your blessings, brother, and enjoy your guacamole. Uh, but don't take the intent of harvesting avocados lightly on your property. It's a lot of work. Azaleas are a lot of work. Any tropical fruit is a lot of work. I don't even We're know. not in the
3: tropic. This is a desert, not a tropic. <laughs> uh let's see hydrangeas are another one that uh come to mind these other ones that hit on here i'm not too familiar with those uh hostas i don't know that one but that's uh that was another one just planting and i liked. to uh,
1: save yourself some grief and agony i was quite
3: surprised with farmer greg because he's always talking about planting shade if you're gonna plant shade why not eat it too and a lot of times that's always Replied to banana apples and peaches and different varieties of uh, stone fruits and citrus. But he's got a focus now on planting your shade and eating it with natives. Mesquites, ironwoods, Love it. palo verdes. We talked about it in the 8 o'clock hour and using the the harvest, the harvest, bean harvest.
0: And then John Eisenhower a couple of weeks ago was talking about trees, deciduous trees, that... Uh, bloom in the summer so you get shade and then lose their leaves in the fall so you get the warming of the sun to cool off or warm up the house so you got a dilemma there
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the landscape questions that drove the most interest in 2019 were plants out of control how do you control them also the toughest stuff to grow in arizona take a look at that before you uh uh, in the eight o'clock hour Greg and Greg Peterson and Romy talked about planning, putting the big picture together for your urban farm. Before you put that big picture together, do a study of what plants do and don't require the most amount of effort. And then saguaros generated one of the most interesting, highly hit blogs we had all year.
3: And I think that a lot of that's just because people don't know what they don't know about sororos. They're a very fascinating plant, and we don't have, a, you know, it, it's not something when you find a soror out in the wilderness, it's not something you could just go pluck and transplant. Transplanting, you know, you've got to get a permit. And then in transplanting it, you know, you've got to make sure what the north side of the cactus is planted facing north again. You can't alter the direction it faces the sun and have success. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, and, and, and like you say, don't go out and pluck one. I mean, you have to get a tag and a permit if you move one on your own property. Yeah. So uh, it is the state flower, and they treat it accordingly.
3: You can see in big subdivisions when they're coming through, they don't cut down sorgos either. You can see them all stacked in growing containers so after they're done with development, and then they either go back or they sell them to other nurseries that then sell them later. But you know, they're very heavy. Uh, oh, you know, yes, that's they not are. something, <laughs> uh, past about two feet, that's not something you want to be carrying, even if you've got your hex armor gloves on. The, the massive weight in a Savoro is incredible,
2: especially well, after the, a rain event. Yeah,
1: yeah, especially after a wet winter, they're going to be really full and heavy. So, those are the six topics that drove the most interest of you the Arizona homeowner at Rosie on the house. And we gauge that by the number of questions that come in during the radio program, the number of questions that come into our website, rosieonthehouse.com and the number of questions that come in by phone at our office Monday through Friday. We're we've got the phones staffed and manned the, the whole week and we're constantly taking your questions, and trying to give you the best, most up-to-date, timely answers about Arizona homeownership. It's just one component of the many that we pull together to try and fulfill our mission of being every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Yeah, baby. Yeah, this is where, it's that time of year where we separate the men from the boys.
2: No home improvement or organizing at our home today. No,
1: <laughs> not by
2: this cowboy. Lots of good food and cheering.
1: Not by this Cajun cowboy.
3: I'm just glad we're the early game.
2: I like those better.
3: I remember the day after seven overtimes against the Aggies last year. Why'd you have to bring that not game sure. up? I was like, "Well, because this a year redemption." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We handled them, and we're on to the next one. Well, we'll I'm go. no expert, but I, uh,
1: we we love our Arizona teams, the Cardinals, I'm just not the a D-backs, night owl. the Lumberjacks, the Wildcats, the Sun Devils. But but by 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 birthright, we are LSU Tiger fans. And as the season kept progressing. I came to the conclusion there are only two things that can keep LSU from the national championship.
3: You're not gonna jinx them, are you?
1: There's only two things that can keep Don't them, jinx them
3: from we the national championship. got lots
0: of football to play. Oh man.
1: Number one, Dabo Sweeney. Head coach of Clemson. And number two, what's the Ohio State's running back? JK Dobbs or Dobbins? Uh, yeah. Oh. That guy, that guy scares me. So hey, now still- one, of the, one of those two are going to get knocked out. So now there's only one thing that can I, keep.
3: We still got to get past Oklahoma. Yeah. We don't count your chickens before they hatch. Well,
1: I've counted those chickens. Maybe I hope I didn't jinx them. <laughs> we've been covering in the last hour the things that we've covered in the past year about Arizona home improvement, maintenance, and repair that piqued y'all's interest as we judge from the metrics that we measure. We measure how many phone calls come in on every radio show, how many Internet uh, connections are driven by any one topic, how many topics are searched on our website, rosieonthehouse.com, how many topics trigger phone calls to our office during the week. And we've assimilated that in today's blog that you would have gotten as a subscriber to RosieOnTheHouse.com, with the growing population of Arizona homeowners, the best thing you can do to be a good neighbor is introduce your new coming family and friends and neighbors to Rosie on the House. It's free to homeowners. It's here as a database serving as the number one best contractor referral. Directory in the entire state as voted by you, the Arizona homeowners. We've won that distinction in the Maricopa County area for the last 10 years. We've won that in Tucson in the last year. And that now officially makes us the number one. And that's in, that's in spite of all the local competition. And that's in spite of all the national copycats. It's Rosie on the House. The one you, Arizona Homeowners Trust, we've worked really, really hard to earn that and we'll never do anything to compromise it. So we'd love y'all's feedback for topics that you're interested in and hearing in 2020. We have pretty well set the preliminary editorial calendar for the year. But we're open to any of your suggestions reach out to us at rosellnow.com and let us know what you'd like to hear about or what topic you'd like the most current up-to-date information
3: on and as housing changes so will we you know we'll still have all of our great resources but you know there's part of being every Arizona homeowner's best friend is understanding all the different living scenarios and you know you see a lot of you know I think you're gonna see a lot more of these type of developments that uh, was covered papago plaza uh is under demolition right now probably already gone and the funny thing about that is i saw that and i thought oh i didn't even know that place was still there i thought that was torn down a long time ago Uh, it it actually (laughs) went through a
1: fairly large renovation just a decade ago mm, very extensive
3: it's going in with a multi Uh, use property and you're seeing a lot more of these and there's a big one that i haven't seen a a lot of updates on recently out in new york that they tailor is like the model to follow its hudson yards and it's this concept of everything you need within walking distance your schools your office uh your living your recreation you know obviously your outdoors there might be atriums and grasses and parks but it's not like you know going and seeing the bald eagles out at Or the uh, vultures out at vermilion cliffs or you know cool stuff like that but for your day in and day out living all within a condensed walking area and that's similar to what uh is going in over papago uh
1: so we we've got to do something about the spread and uh paulo had it right uh unfortunately we have to increase the density or give up too much of our natural terrain and so I this don't... going vertical and mixed use stuff is going to be the wave of the future did you catch the oh. headline of this subdivision i didn't read it but there's a subdivision or a project going in tempe where you won't be allowed to own a car <laughs> doesn't surprise me <laughs> That's a interesting concept. I'm
3: and, very i am I'm and, gonna be watching that with a lot of curiosity. And you know what I love about that vertical growth versus urban sprawl is it just delays how long the city's gonna reach our property. We moved out there That's to right. be out of the city. <laughs> and if it continues to go vertical, then we don't have to worry about finding the next place we're gonna move to stay out of the city.
1: <laughs> I hope this holiday season can finishes up for all of you out there at a very blessed and peaceful and joyous situation. Here's to a great 2020, a whole new decade, a whole new year.